for joining us. We're excited to bring you RRAR Rewind, hosted by Raleigh Regional Association of Realtors. This is your gateway to hot topics in the real estate industry. We'll be covering everything from fair housing, new businesses coming to the Triangle region, and interviews with top builders in the industry to keep you informed of what's happening in the market. Thank you for joining us on RRAR Rewind, brought to you by Raleigh Regional Association of Realtors. Today, I have with me Nicole Walker with True Homes, a local builder, developer in the Triangle area and 2020 Builder of the Year. Nicole, welcome to the podcast. We are happy to have you with us today. And we want to know if you can tell us a little bit about your background and what you do at True Homes. Basically, my role at True Homes is going to be really facilitated around clients and around brokers. So my role is to be the main one point of contact for you guys to teach you everything that I can about new construction, about the market, about the different types of builders, all the options that are available out there. We want to really guide people through that process. And we really consider brokers an integral part of it. So having been in general brokerage before, I developed a relationship with True Homes and partnered with them on sales and really loved it. And that's how I came over here. And I found that about 50% of my job is working with brokers, supporting your business because we support local. We are a local business. And then also just getting you guys to where you need to be in knowledge about new construction so that you can answer clients' questions so that you know what's going on, what to kind of predict moving forward with the data, looking forward and where builders are going, Um, as well as I help out with social media. Um, I'll teach seminars about business planning. I mean, we do all kinds of stuff because we're highly trained. And like I said, it's a deliberate business decision to work with brokers. About 85% of our business is with brokers and we do pay 3%, never stop paying 3% on the full purchase price, as well as having a program that you and I think are going to talk about a little bit later with brokers. That sounds fantastic. And I know you're very, very busy right now. Uh, It's no secret in the triangle is growing leaps and bounds. Uh, We have more people moving to North Carolina faster than you can build. And it's a great time to be a builder. So (laughs) I'd like to get right into it. The wild market of 2021, uh, where there is a labor shortage, where there is material shortages happening. Uh, Prices are going up on just about everything. How are developers coping with all these types of issues? Um, I think it's different. That's one of the things that we really want you guys to remember is that these are all individual businesses. There's not as much cohesiveness with what we do as with general brokerage where you have standardized forms. So most of the people are using those forms and business just kind of operates in certain trends. Builders are doing things all over the place. And I'm hearing this from agents um, that they just don't know what to predict moving forward. So my very first thing that I want to make sure I come across with is develop relationships where you can. Of course, we at Tree Homes really want to develop that with you, but all the builders, find somebody that you can work with to ask these questions too. But in general, I think what you're going to see is that the timelines are extending. What used to take five to eight months is just, it's a new normal. It's going to be seven to 12. And I don't really see an end time for that. And it's not just supplies and labor, although that is a huge part of it. Um, It's land. As soon as Apple was announced, for example, we literally got phone calls hours later to our land department. Hey, that deal that we were talking about. Yeah, it's more expensive now. Um, So land everywhere got more expensive. 
um, developing land is taking a lot longer. The municipalities are underwater right now. So it's about relationships and it's about efficiency. So at True Homes, we have this internal program where we actually have two people in the Raleigh-Durham market who manage supplies and labor to make sure that they're on time for every single job site. And they get with all the builders and the land team and the field team every week. And they work on that um, and have really special relationships with our trade partners, which is what we call our suppliers and our labor suppliers. Um, but I think it's just going to be managing proper expectations and then really truly having internal systems. There's going to be some people who have not perfected that. And then the other thing to keep in mind is that the publicly traded builders are going to keep an eye on their profit first and foremost. So you might start seeing a lot of changes in supplies, um, changes in labor that they're using. We do try to keep it consistent and use the same labor from time to time, that might change. But in general, what we do is we have crews that we use over and over and over again for consistency of quality. But also, if we structure our business in a way that we're supplying them consistently with work, then they're, supp- um, <laughs> then they're supplying us consistently with labor. So that was part of the question that I have as well was the timeline for building a new home. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that has definitely increased with some of these challenges that you're having in, in the environment that we're having right now. 100%. Yes. Every single piece of that home is going to be more expensive and is going to take longer to develop. Um, whether it's building, whether it's literally developing land, utilities, all of it has just gotten more expensive because not only is housing demand up, but demand for everything is up. So that's like when you go to order your fridge or you want that piece of furniture or those shoes that you really want for Christmas, you better be thinking about that like right now, right? These are things that are taking longer. I mean, things you don't even think about affect the housing industry, such as the floods that we had last winter in in Texas, that affected resin production significantly, which then comes into windows, insulation, and it caused backups for those kinds of things, as well as your microchips that are developed, you know, in other countries for your appliances. I mean, these are things that are just new normals now. So I kind of perused your website a little bit and wanted to get to know you and your company. And so I did see that you have different types of footprints and different types Mm -hmm. of homes available with different square footages. How do you go about developing those uh, different templates? And do you build just a template or do you build custom as well? Okay, so we are a semi-custom builder. So there's really like three different types of builders. You've got your fully custom builders, which is 100% unique home, where you're just saying, hey, I want this, I want this, I want this. You're getting it drawn up by an engineer. You're usually going for all of that externally from the actual builder. And then you've got the production builder, and they're the ones that most people are used to. You're bigger names, and they're the ones who treat it very much like a production line. So it's a little bit more cookie cutter. Maybe they have three to five different plans if you're lucky, and there's not a lot of changes or options that you have. And maybe some of them are going away from having a design studio at this point, especially with this high demand, maybe doing inventory only right? Where you can't customize anything. You're just picking a home. So what we are semi-custom. So you get that custom feel without that custom price. We're pricing right alongside with the production builders. Sometimes we're a better value than that because we're pricing alongside the resale market. But that used to be our strategy, but the resale market went a little crazy in the last 18 months, as everyone knows. So um, generally we're on that side of the spectrum and we have so many options, like you mentioned, so that it feels custom, but we're able to be efficient with it like a production builder 
and keep our pricing with production builders. So long answer to the question is that's what we are. And we go about developing that because we have our own internal CAD drawing and engineering team and estimating team. So if we start getting feedback from buyers, like for example, studies became really big in the last 18 months, having that downstairs office space, that's away from everybody else to work. So you can work remotely. A lot of our plans, we were able to just, okay, let's add that and just pop it in, get it estimated, figure it out. And it's just a great process because we run it that way. However, occasionally we will have custom options. They do have a price tag associated with them. And we don't know what that price tag is going to be until we like get it fully estimated. So that's the type of situation that it's something special for somebody and it's a deal breaker for their home to have that option in there. And it depends on where we're building and the price point that we're building as well. Um, and then in some of our markets, not in Raleigh-Durham, but in Charlotte, a little bit in the triad and then over at the coast we do on your lot which is still treated more like semi-custom where it's one of our floor plans but you can get more customizable options as far as doing hey can i move this can i do that and you do it on your own lot i can see where the home office would come into play that would be yes. a very important feature now and so very smart to add that into the custom mm -hmm. template idea how does a home buyer get started with developing a relationship with you and uh, get pre-qualified for a home? Yeah, first I will always say they need to call their real estate agent and their real estate agent needs to call me. You know, that's how we like to do things. However, if you don't have one, um, you can always contact me directly. It's Nicole W. True Homes on Facebook and social media in general. So Facebook and Instagram and I'm on LinkedIn. They can call our internet sales team if they don't hear this information. That's just one of the ways they can get that through the website. But most of the time it's agents, right? And they're bringing them out to us. And then we have four preferred lenders that we work with. It's specific banks and specific loan officers at those banks. And they are on that list, not because we get any kind of kickback or because we own them in some kind of way. They're independent, which keeps them competitive, which I really love. But they're on that list because they know our process. They have the same cultural values in line with where we are as far as treating the clients like friends and family. And they're going to get it done and be accountable for it. That's the big piece. So we have Wells Fargo, U.S. Bank, Truist, and Movement Mortgage. And like I said, specific people, each one. But what they do is they just contact them. Most of the time, they're going to get pre-approved. That's just part of the process with our, pre, our preferred lenders is that they want to make sure that they are absolutely good to go before they say, yep, put their stamp of approval on it because they know our process so well. And honestly, I think you guys would all agree that's really what buyers need to be doing right now anyways. I, I know from past experience of being in the banking industry, you have that construction loan that kind of flips over to the mortgage. So mm -hmm. is that part of the whole process? Of Only if you're doing the, the on your lot. So with builders in general, I'm sorry I cut you off on that, by the way. I got excited about that question because I know I know so much about financing that I probably should keep my mouth shut more often, right? I'm not a lender. <laughs> but anyways, so if you're doing it on your lot, it is usually construction loan process. And if people don't understand what that is, it's just a higher down payment, a longer process. You're paying interest only usually during the construction process and then closing at the end. What we do in our subdivisions, and a lot of times, even if we're doing a spec home on a lot over on the side, is we're taking that financial risk while it's being built so that the client can just pursue a traditional 30-year mortgage 15-year mortgage. They're talking about 20 years out there now. So whatever that looks like, they can just go to the bank and get the same mortgage product that they would have gotten on a resale home. That's a great advantage. Yes. Yes. Because that's 
that's one of the advantages of us being the largest privately owned builder in the Carolinas is that we can take on that financial risk and go ahead and build that house. Now there's obviously deposits tied to that and a contract tied to that, but that's one of the huge advantages of us being able to do that. So obviously there's some more risk involved in a a new build process than buying something that's already been sitting on the market. Why would you buy something that's brand new as opposed to an older home? I honestly feel like it's kind of the opposite question in this market right now. And I I could understand why that would have been a question a few years ago, um, because you kind of had a level playing field. You had options in both. Right now, with the amount of end growth that we're getting, I don't think that people are very soon going to have too many options that aren't new construction. If we're just 100% honest, it's going to be what it is. And then on top of that, it's brand new. I think it comes down to the builder you're buying from. So knowing that you can trust their quality and knowing that you can trust the experience with them, that's huge. A lot of that is getting lost in translation right now. The experience piece is just as important as the quality of the home. Um, But generally you're gonna have a warranty, so you're covered after the fact as well. And you're going to, if you're in a situation like you are with us where you're getting your typical loan product, you might even end up spending less money on your deposits. So for example, depending on whether you're using a preferred lender or a non-preferred lender, we're looking at four or 5%. We do give a discounted deposit to people who use our preferred lenders. But if you're out there in that resale market, I mean, people are putting in offers with 50 or $100,000 due diligence. And when I was in general brokerage, it was $250 you were scraping out of people to get due diligence. But um, they're doing that. And then they're going well over asking price in a market where things... You never know when something's going to appraise or not appraise anymore. I mean, there's some comps, but it's really kind of in that appraiser's hands. And if they're going so far above, that can cost them a lot of cash. So a lot of people are looking at new construction for the mindset of I can get what I need to get. It's maybe less money up front. Now, appraisal still could be an issue, and we can always talk about that. But I will say that's a little bit more in control, especially when you have comps in the neighborhood, than putting $75,000 over on a random resale home that you're looking to buy. And then also on top of that, um, just the experience, you're going to have somebody whose whole job is to guide you through the process. And they're going to work through it with you. So I would say just all those things together, just make it, a, I would say, a really secure purchase option. I know going above asking price and the two, the due diligence are two huge factors right now yeah. that are that are an issue for, especially first-time homebuyers, people that are right. new to looking to buy something for the first time and, and not understanding how this all works. And it's very confusing and scary. And you add those factors into it and it makes it a whole, whole lot harder. <laughs> right. And so the competition piece is another piece of it. I mean, uh, there's definitely competition in new construction and it definitely depends on where you're looking and what you're looking for, but it, te- it tends in my opinion to be a little less heated than the resale market. So there's also that. Right now we're operating on a first come first serve basis at True Homes. So whoever walks in that door and is seriously qualified and ready to contract right now and their offer is accepted because we do it as an offer process so that we can review all the terms. But yeah, then we're just good to go instead of highest and best or waiting list. Now, if the demand creeps back up to where we were a few months ago, we might have to reevaluate, but that's where we are right now. So we talked about your relationship with brokers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so since you're a local builder, how do you interact with the brokers and their clients? And I know you have something called the core broker program. And can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So it is definitely our goal to be in the community. 
that's, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And this industry is driven by the real estate agents. It really is in the relationships with people. So we're just out there creating relationships. So obviously we're doing the traditional when, when comfortability allows traditional in-person office presentations. Um, but we also heavily hit up social media, which I think is an area where a lot of builders do miss out as far as individual builder reps go. Um, we spend a lot of time trying to access people on social media. And we're very deliberate about the fact that our audience is you guys is the brokers. It's not necessarily the clients because that will come with the brokers. Um, we do uh, virtual events. We do in-person events. We teach seminars. Um, I have one coming up in November that I'll be sending out emails and inviting people to. So if they want to get on our newsletter list, that's where we send out information pretty much weekly about what's available everywhere in the triangle, what events we have coming up. And when I say everywhere in the triangle, obviously with true homes, I couldn't tell you everything that's available everywhere in the triangle. <laughs> um, we just try to be true partners and we try to create those connections. And then the, the connections with the buyers will come. People have a better experience when there is a broker involved, especially a very good broker. So we put a lot of time into supporting them in their businesses and helping them with any training that they might need as far as new construction goes. Our core broker program is where each one of us that's an individual on-site true advisor, which is what my title is has a limited number of partnerships where those particular partners who do repeat business with us and have the same core values that we do can get special incentives for their clients and for themselves as well. So the main ones are these. This is the process to become a core broker. You sit down, you have a conversation with your main contact that you want to have a true home. So one of our true advisors here in the area, and we talk strategically about how we can partner specific to that person. Then we have a community tour and then they bring us a client. And once that client goes under contract, they can be a core broker. And as long as they do at least one deal a year, they can stay a core broker. But obviously the goal is to do more than that together. Um, and so that's how you become a core broker. Once you are a core broker, you can get special incentives. Like in September, every core broker who brought out a qualified client to their partner got a $200 Amazon gift card just for having the appointment. Now that's normally a hundred dollar gift card. So it's something we do all the time. And it's just a thank you for bringing your people by and letting us be on the tour. Um, but occasionally we'll do things like up it or we'll have special incentives for our core brokers. We also do for the, our core brokers clients who are looking to do a full build from the ground up and they go to design studio, they get a thousand dollar design studio credit because that is their broker. And we frame it that way. We know, love, and trust your broker. They do a good job. So because you were smart and you chose them as your agent, you're going to get $1,000 towards the design studio. Um, we also do a big party. We weren't able to do it this year, obviously. So we're doing smaller dinners. But a thank you for everybody who sold with us in the year. And the last party that we did, we gave away $300,000 in an hour. Fun games, lots of yelling. People were very excited. Um, somebody left like $17,000 in cash that day. So it was a lot of fun. We do that. Um, and then we also have a special program for core brokers who work a lot with relocation companies, which I think is going to be really key in this area moving forward. So a lot of times they have to give up some of their commission at closing as a concession to the buyer to get that lead from the relocation company. So if somebody is a core broker, we will reimburse up to 1% towards that. So that's our core broker program. I have two more questions for you. So I guess the first one, and I didn't even think to ask it, but you had mentioned it. How do you determine where you're going to put a development or where you're going to build next? 
lots and lots of research. Um, if it's going to be a smart decision, it has to be backed up with data. So it's got to be, where can we get affordable land? Speaking of which, if anybody has affordable land that is not yet listed and would like to let me know about it ahead of time, we are desperately looking for it. So um, in general, builders can have an idea. Like our idea is if the land is undeveloped, we generally want the cost of each lot to cost us between $5,000 and $30,000 per lot. Because then if we have to put maybe $50,000 per lot into it for developing it, we're keeping our costs under a certain threshold to where we can now afford to sell homes compared to what they're selling for around there and what we project. And we do have to play a little bit of projection. You know, what is appreciation going to look like? What is demand going to look like right now? That's hard. That's really hard. They're going through budgeting season and buying land right now on our team. And I can just see it in their faces. Thankfully, that's not my job. So um, they look into all of that. What's selling around there? What's coming? You know, you look at large developments that are going in like Chatham Park and you're just going to see a lot of follow behind with other builders, right? Because that area is developing. Um, Road projects. Fort Bragg is expanding. So you're going to see a lot of stuff on the south side of the triangle now, too, because people are expanding down from Raleigh and up from Fort Bragg. Um, You're going to see, like I said, 540 completion playing into Johnson County heavily as far as like Clayton, Garner, Zebulon. those types of things you're looking and predicting out, but it's also cost-based. And for us internally, we actually want to stay in more affordable price ranges. This is a big part of who we are. We want to create affordable solutions before they're gone. So where can we go to do that? Yeah, affordability is definitely becoming more and more of an issue, unfortunately. It definitely is. This area has been underpriced for a long time, and we were able to enjoy that for a very long time. But this massive growth and then everybody hitting for first-time home buyers at the same time because of low interest rates, it just it finally caught up to us. And this is going to be the new normal. I have one last question. So what do you feel is the biggest challenge for developers in today's current market? Um, availability of land, supplies, and labor, honestly. And honestly, it is a real challenge, the amount of demand. So when you saw a lot of builders increasing prices very quickly, um, some of that was just because they could. I know that internally for us, that was, hey, when do we find that point where it it just hits market kind of equilibrium? Now we're at this place where it's not equal in that terms of buyers and sellers market, but the demand isn't just so overwhelmingly high because these homes are underpriced for the market. Where do we hit that point where it slows down? It's manageable. People can have good experiences again. And this just is where we are. And now we can coast and get back to where we were before, where every few sales will do a moderate price increase instead of 40,000, 50,000 in one day. You know, so I think that the demand is a piece that a lot of people don't realize is is a challenge for builders, for developers. But yes, land availability and affordability is probably one of the biggest ones that's going to play out over the next five to 10 years. You're going to see that repercussion for a long time. Supplies shift. Lumber was a big deal for a long time last year, and that's lightening up. It's still windows, garage doors, electric box panels that go in your garage. I mean, things you don't even think would hold a house up or holding a house up. Um, But that, and then again, the labor. Everywhere, all industries are feeling this right now, but especially the building industry because 
they have way too much work. It sounds like it's just the same across the board for not only the the realtors that have you know no inventory right now. Right. It's you guys are struggling just to find land as well. Right. So you're land all in the equi- same boat. <laughs> yes, land equilibrium for a buyer and seller's market is about two to three years, depending on what data you're using. Um, and right now we're hanging out at best case scenario at less than 12 months of inventory for land. So for you guys who maybe don't see the repercussion of that, we have half as much land available to today's demand. And that's not even accounting for the upcoming demand, which is exponentially more as people move here. But the great thing is the right companies know how to be efficient and know how to ride that wave and set expectations as best we can. I just ask everybody to have grace um, and to partner with us and ask us questions and don't assume things. Um, we are people. We want to see your buyers in that home just as much as you guys do. We don't make any money off of not selling homes. And so, you know, aside from that, it's just a good thing to do to help somebody on that journey. But just, I would say relationships are going to be the key to getting us all through this moving forward. Nicole, thank you so much for jumping on this call with us today. And this has been some great information that we'll put out there to our members. And I will put your contact information and True Homes information um, in the information below our podcast. And thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it being here. Thanks for joining us here at RRAR Rewind, brought to you by Raleigh Regional Association of Realtors. Be sure to listen every other Wednesday for a new episode. We will be bringing you the latest news and trends on real estate in the Triangle and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcast. We've got more episodes coming your way, but we want to know what topics you're interested in. Do you have a subject you want us to talk about? Email us at podcast at rrar.com.